the All Talk Podcast. This is your host, your boy, your friend, maybe. Actually, I could see a lot of you guys not liking me. Um, this is Jeff Woodruff, and you are listening to, yet again, another episode of the All Talk Pod, specifically episode 41. Woo! Sheesh! Uh, today is Wednesday. It is 6.03 p.m. as I begin this recording. Wednesday, October 21st. And this was this was really the first week where I was like, alright, summer is over. And now all we have to look forward to is counting down the weeks of the NFL that we have remaining moving into seasonal depression oh my god guys it's it's just gonna be downhill from here um i don't know what to tell you i guess keep your heads up that's sort of what can you guys feel that that's sort of where my head's at right now uh been a long week been a grinding week but hey man we're pushing through we've got a lot of good stuff to talk about as always on the pod this past Sunday, before we get into it, fellas, I got my Lux box in the mail on Sunday. Uh, it got delivered on, I think, maybe Friday or Saturday. My laziness, my slothness, uh, I didn't go down to the package room to retrieve it until Sunday, but it was a perfect little Sunday, Sunday treat. Got a Manscaped razor. Okay, Lux box, men's subscription men's health men's wellness get it packed full of full-size supplements items products whatever you want um this quarter subscription a manscaped razor you're gonna be looking trimmed up out there uh manscaped razor the 3.0 edition Got a couple face masks in there. I popped down a face mask Sunday night. I'm still feeling, I'm still getting compliments about my glow and my radiance from that face mask. Got some of the cheers. Day after hangover pills. Uh, helps clear out some of those toxins that are built up in your colon. And to top it all off, got the Lux robe in there. It is officially robe season fellas go out and check out Lux I highly encourage you to get on that subscription box program that they've got it helps you feel look your best um, and you know what as we're going into the winter stages we're starting to all get pale we need pretty much every advantage we can uh, to not look horrifying and disgusting October 21st though 10 days away from Halloween. Ooh, scary stuff. I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of Tiger King outfits, uh, a lot of Halloween costumes that are just going to be pretty basic. Next week, I'll, next week, what I'll do is I'll look into, I'll give my thoughts on the most common Halloween outfits that we're going to see this upcoming Halloween. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, a lot of bacteria pieces out there to represent COVID, which uh, took away a full year of our lives. But look forward to that one. We'll do a little Halloween special next week. Um, 
We've got some NFL to get into. We've got Bachelorette to get into. We've got a couple headlines to get into. And then some weather, of course. So let's, I know, this week I did not do. This is my first episode of the week. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, we had a Monday night doubleheader this week. And when the Chiefs are playing Monday night, it's tough for me to find a little bit of leeway to get in there and record my previous week NFL recap. Uh, I'll run through it really quickly. My eight delish picks. Week seven are coming up just in a moment. I went four and four on the week last week. You know, I'm not happy about that. I'm also not entirely disappointed. Colin Cowherd, I'm pretty sure, is like 12 and 25 on his Collins Blazing Five picks, whatever the hell that is. Um, so being at 500, I'm pretty happy. I'm 12 and 12 on the season. I went 2 and 0 on Monday night for both of my picks to salvage this week to bring me back up to 500. I had both of my teams playing. On Monday night, so credit to me for you know at least getting this episode out, and credit to me for continuing my consistency with going 500. Um, we'll get into NFL Week Seven. Take a look at Jeff's eight delicious, scrumptious picks here in a minute. Reminder on how we do it. Uh, I've got a couple controls in place so I'm not, you know, just picking all the blowout games to make myself look good in front of all you guys. We do every single primetime game. So we do Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Doesn't matter what the game is. We do three noon games and then we do two late games to make up the eight delicious picks. Uh, So let's go ahead and get into week seven. Jeff's eight delish picks um, should be great. NFL Week Seven, we've got one Thursday night football game, seven noon games, which compared to last week is actually pretty favorable. Last week we had nine noon games, or I guess you know Central Central Time noon. Seven noon games. We've got four in the late slot, one Sunday night and one Monday night. Fourteen. Picture-perfect, amazing, incredible NFL football games coming your way. If you are a Thursday listener, only a couple of days until you get there, three days or so. If you're a Friday listener, whatever. I guess you can continue to listen. But you've only got a couple of days. Uh, We've got four teams on bye week this week. The Colts, the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Ravens are all on bye week. For you fantasy football players out there, make sure that your Colts, Dolphins, Vikings, and Ravens players are all taken out of your lineup. But let's get into it. Jeff's eight delish picks. NFL Week 7, starting off with... This might... (laughs) This isn't technically classified. Actually, you know what? I'm switching. I'm doubling down. We have... Two doo-doo bowls. Certified doo-doo bowl games in NFL Week 7 that we're going to be picking on. The 1-5 New York football giants are taking on the 1-4-1 scumbag Philadelphia Eagles. A matchup of the NFC least um, in that conference amongst the four teams. 
there are five total wins in the NFC East. There are a handful of single teams, such as my Kansas City Chiefs, that have already notched five wins on the season. And these four teams together in that one conference have five combined wins. The Dallas Cowboys are leading that division with a shocking record of two and four. Um, For this matchup specifically, though, the New York Football Giants, shout out Luke Wissell. Giants are coming off their first win of the season. Uh, That was a divisional matchup with the Washington football team. The Washington football team, I picked them. They were part of my 8 wish last week. Uh, The Washington football team went for two to win the game, so they could have kicked the point after attempt to tie it, send it to overtime. I respect the decision. They went for two. Kyle Allen, the Washington football team quarterback, could have easily strolled in for the two-point conversion, but he didn't. And that's why his team is one and five. Uh, so credit to the Giants for c- getting their first one of the season. Thank God. You you just don't want to see too many ge- teams going 0-4 uh, in the NFL. Just bad for business. And on the flip side of things, the Philadelphia Eagles are coming off a comeback loss where they failed. So the Giants won on a failed two-point conversion, and the Eagles lost on a failed two-point conversion. Uh, credit to the Eagles for at least making that Ravens game somewhat competitive all the way up until the last second. Uh, it was relatively interesting to look at. The records speak for themselves. The conference speaks for itself. These teams are not exciting. They are part of the doo-doo bowl. For Philadelphia, of the 11 projected starters that were supposed to be starting on the offense coming in from training camp, there are two guys that remain healthy. One of them is Carson Wentz, and that is the factor in this game. Carson Wentz, I believe in him. I really do. Um, the Eagles are going to be without their starting running back, Miles Sanders, who's been, you know, good, all things considered. They're also going to be without their starting tight end, Zach Ertz, who has not been good thus far. Uh, the Giants, you know, they still have to deal with Daniel Jones, turnover machine. He has nine turnovers uh, through six games so far this season, which is not good. Um, the Eagles, on the other hand, they still have Carson Wentz. Carson is making do with his offensive weapons. Travis Fulgham, uh, a no-namer, has put up some decent stat lines over the last couple of weeks at wide receiver. And they're playing in Philly. I'm 0-2 on my Thursday night football picks, so this could be a fade Jeff situation. Why not make it 0-3? I am taking the Eagles for doo-doo bowl number one. All right, let's get into some noon games. Remember, we're picking three of these bad boys, and noon games, they all look pretty good, guys. First one we're taking a closer look at, the 4-1 and one Green Bay Packers are traveling down south to take on the 1-5 and five Texans. Texans are coming off a valiant effort, but an overtime loss to Derrick Henry himself. They led up 212 rushing yards on the ground. Two touchdowns to Derrick Henry. 
Uh, Deshaun Watson has finally emerged. This is his second game actually playing this season. Not actually, but you know, you know what I mean. He showed up on the field for the last two weeks. But I think that overtime loss last week killed the Texans. Uh, they had the opportunity to get to two and four. Um, you know, that's not too deep of a hole to come out of. But now they're one and five. They have basically a very, very tiny shot uh, to get to the postseason. And their offense continues to look good. Their defense is not great. Obviously, Derrick Henry rushed for 212 yards. The Packers, on the other hand, they just got delivered their first L of the season. Um, granted, you know, it was to what I think is a top three defensive unit in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Packers got up early. Everything looked like it was going their way. And then Rodgers threw a couple bad interceptions. One was a pick six. The other was in their uh, half of the field, which let Tom and the Bucks, ugh, you know, take advantage. So the turnovers killed him there. And then after that, it just felt like uh, all the energy, all the steam from the Packers was just blown out of them. The Buccaneers ended up dominating that game. I still think that the Packers are one of the most complete teams in the NFC. Um, prior to last week's game, when they only put up 10 points against a really good Buccaneers defense, they were averaging 38 points per game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has looked as good as he ever has. They've got Devontae Adams back. Uh, I think this next week they'll come out, they'll hand it to the Texans. Give me the Packers over the Texans this week. I like the Pack. Go Cheeseheads. All right. Nooner number dose. A battle of Ohio. One of the great mysteries of the NFL is how does the state of Ohio have not one, but two NFL teams? Uh, what a fun fact for you guys. Famed serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Bad look for myself and the state of Ohio. Jeffrey Dahmer is from Ohio. Um, I will say he does not represent all the Jeffreys out in the world. I would say myself and Jeff Bezos and Jeff Gordon Hall of Fame NASCAR driver are the best representations of everyone named Jeff in the world. But he does represent the state of Ohio very well because I don't know if there's too much positive stuff. I've been to Ohio a couple of times. was very gray outside, very cold the whole entire time I was there. And it was kind of gross. Segway, just like the Browns were last week. The Browns... Started 4-1 and one for the first time since 1994. Um, they ran into the freight train that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Baker Mayfield continues to unimpress. He looked straight up bad against the Steelers. He looked confused. He looked like he was scared, honestly, against that defense. Baker's dealing with some rib injuries. That got re-aggravated against the Steelers last week. And it was not pretty. They had pretty much zero production on the offensive side of the ball. They lost 38-10, to 38-7, to 7, something in that ballpark. 
but it was a very Browns-esque performance. The Bengals, on the other hand, uh, they choked away a 21-0 lead against Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers and the Colts. Philip Rivers has lost across Phil's career. He has lost 30, nearly 30 games by a field goal or less. Bengals, doo doo, against the guy that has made a living by losing close games. How do you let him come back from twenty-one to zero? Um, unacceptable. Very disappointed with the Bengals and their performance in the second half. Uh, their defense basically just didn't show up. The Bengals have a lot of locker room issues going on right now as well. Some of their big defensive tackle signings are not happy with how many snaps that they've been getting. Um, so it's kind of treacherous in the Bengals' locker room. And things are always treacherous in the Browns' locker room as well. Odell Beckham got banned from LSU for two years. <laughs> Odell, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, back to the Bengals versus the Browns. These two faced off in Week 2. Uh, the Browns were dominating that entire game. Joe Burrow threw for over 60 attempts. Uh, the Browns have since lost Nick Chubb and have since lost a lot of their offensive productivity because of that. The Bengals have since allowed Joe Mixon to start feeling himself a little bit. T. Higgins as well on the outside. A.J. Green is coming off his best game of the year. The Browns are averaging six point per game, six points per game in their two divisional road contests. And at this point, Burrow, Joe Burrow, greater signed Baker Mayfield. Give me the Bengals in the Poo State of Ohio showdown of the Jeffrey Dahmer Bowl, as we are dubbing it. Next game, game of the week. Uh, mark your calendars. Get this one on the big TV in your setup. We've got two undefeated teams going at it. A total 180 from the Doo-Doo Bowls. Game of the week, the 5-0 Pittsburgh Steelers are taking on the 5-0 Nashville Titans. That's right. And the Titans are legit and the Steelers are legit. These are both going to be teams represented in the playoffs the AFC is going to be represented by the Titans and the Steelers this year in the playoffs. Uh, the Titans, you know, they they paid Ryan Tannehill a considerable amount of money. They paid Derrick Henry a considerable amount of money. And both of those contracts are paying off for them in spades right now. Uh, the Titans look great on offense. They are struggling on defense. Uh, the Titans are coming off that big overtime win against the Texans. And we talked about it. The Steelers, Steelers are coming off just an absolute swamping of the Browns last week. I will say they did not come out of... Neither of these teams came out of week six unscathed. A couple of big injuries. Taylor Luan. Uh, fun fact, he's a Barstool employee. He's got a Bussin' with the Boys, I believe, is his, his podcast. He tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Steelers top linebacker Devin Bush. He's been in the league for a few years now. He's been having his best season of the year. He tore his ACL as well. I think let's put our heads together. Let's get research and development. Um, let's pull in 
legal. Let's pull in a few other groups over here at the All Talk Pod conglomerate. Let's figure out how to strengthen human ACLs and let's make a billion dollars. All right, ready, break. Derrick Henry is a human cyborg. He is an absolute issue. He's running away with the rushing title this year. Ryan Tannehill is having a great season, like I mentioned. Um, the Titans, though, they played some strange games, to say the least, thus far. Against the Broncos, who are not great, Jaguars, who are bad, and a very, very bad Vikings team earlier in the season. They won all three of those games, but they didn't win by more than three points in any of those three games. Uh, the Titans' defense ranks 27th overall. The Pittsburgh Steelers are averaging over 30 points per game, with, which is fourth in the NFL. Um, and something's got to break here. We can't have two undefeated teams continuing on. Give me the Steelers in this one. I think they contain Derrick Henry, force Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball, and I think they rattle Tannehill's cage a little bit with that crazy defense that the Steelers are rolling out. I'm officially scared of the Steelers. Give me the Steelers in it. I love it. Going on to the late games, just a couple of them. We've got an NFC West matchup. This is just another incredible division in football. Uh, the Seahawks are 5-0 coming off their bye week. They are taking on my Scottsdale slash Phoenix Cardinals. I need to get that. I need to confirm that, uh, what city they're out of. Taking on the 4-2 Cardinals, um, like I said, the Seahawks are coming off their bye. Pete Carroll's Seahawks are 7-3 and three off the bye week. Do with that which you will with that stat. Uh, the Cardinals are coming off a national embarrassment of the Dallas Cowboys where they straight up removed the Cowboys' will to live. They broke the Cowboys in that game. The Cowboys players are coming out and saying that their coaches are bad. They're not prepared. They don't feel like their coaches are preparing them for games properly, and that is not what you want to hear coming out of your locker room. The Seahawks, on the other hand, sneakily have the 32nd ranked defense in the NFL, allowing over 470 yards in total offense to their opponents. Uh, the Redbirds on the other side, they have the 5th best offense. DeAndre Hopkins continues to be one of the best acquisitions. I mean, Kyler is just throwing the ball to him. Kenyon Drake finally appeared on the season last week against the Cowboys. Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald allowed the, the Cardinals to continue to spread the ball out. And that Redbirds defense doesn't look half bad. Buda Baker is one of the top safeties in the league. He's coming off an all-time performance. I think he had seven tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and an interception in that Monday night performance against the Cowboys. And I will say, a uh, little, little something to think about here. Seahawks, yeah, they're coming off the bye week, but... Pete Carroll and Russ have been pretty involved with, uh, you know, public outspoken issues, which, you know, it's not a bad thing, but, you know, we're, we're talking football here, folks. Um, their heads have been quite involved with, you know, voting rights and making sure everyone's getting out and, and strengthening uh, the vote numbers that we have across the country, which, again, I support that, but I want your head focused on football. 
I think the Seahawks may have a couple distractions coming in. And I think the Cardinals sneak away, get a W outright against a divisional opponent, and close the window a little bit in that tough NFC West. Uh, Give me Kai Kai and the Redbirds. I like the Cardinals there. Second late game of the day. uh, We've been picking way too many good close games. Um, But I did want to focus on a matchup where I had thoughts very too strong opinions about each of these teams. The Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1-5 and are going to be traveling out to Los Angeles cross-country road trip to take on the Los Angeles Chargers, who are at 1-4. Um, coming into this year, like I said, I had two strong opinions on both of these teams. The Chargers, they were the team that I was most concerned about in the AFC West. Um, I was concerned with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I was concerned with their defense, um, Derwin James, Chris Harris Jr. They just picked up a new linebacker, Joey Bosa. Uh, The Steelers roster, talent-wise, is very good. And when they drafted Justin Herbert, I was like, oh man, this guy is going to be good. He's big, he's tall, he's athletic, and he's been thrust into a lot of tough situations, and he's been playing out of his mind. Herbert has faced off against Patrick Mahomes, he's faced off against Tom Brady, and he's faced off against Drew Brees. He looked really good in all three of those matchups against future Hall of Famers. That's right, Patrick is a future Hall of Famer already. He did go 0-3 in those games. But I think the Chargers are still a team to really be concerned about, really keep an eye on moving forward. Maybe not this year with all the injury stuff, but next year, the years following, keep an eye out for the Chargers. Jaguars, on the other hand, I was very confident that they were going to be the 0-6 team candidates. Um... Gardner Minshew has proven to be, as we expected, Gardner Minshew. Their roster is made up of no one. You don't know anyone on their defense anymore. I literally cannot think of one guy on their defense right now. Uh, They've got a couple of decent weapons on offense. After they surprised a week one win where Gardner was like 19 of 20 for three touchdowns, it's been all downhill from there. Uh... The Jaguars are exactly who we thought they were. And the Chargers, I think they get back on track. They've had a lot of tough matchups over the last few weeks. Gimme Herbert, gimme the Chargers against Gardner and the sad, sad Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Looking up and wrapping up with our Sunday night and Monday night showdowns, the 4-2 and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers are taking on the 3-2 and two Las Vegas Raiders. It pains me to say this, I do not enjoy saying it, but the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, they are good. Um, What I've since found is that a lot of my hate towards the Patriots, I think I've mentioned this before, definitely stemmed from Tom Brady and his success. And it pains me to say, like I said, the Buccaneers have a top three defense. Tom Brady continues to look, you know, usable. 
He doesn't look like he's 42, 43, 44, however old he is. He does not look that old. Um, the Buccaneers are continuing to figure it out. They're continuing to trend in the right direction. They just knocked off a really good Packers team, dominated a really good Packer, Packers team. Uh, that Bucks defense straight-up terrorized Aaron Rodgers and made Aaron Rodgers look not very Aaron Rodgers-esque. And now they're taking on Derek Carr and the Raiders. And let me say it, I hate the Raiders more than any other team in the NFL. Each and every year, you know, when the off-seasons are dragging on, I always ask myself, who do I, who is the Chiefs rival that I hate the most? And it's typically between the Broncos and the Raiders. Um, I like a lot of the individuals on the Chargers team. Uh, they're also 1-4, so they don't pose a threat to me. But the Raiders, coming off a win against my Chiefs, uh, where... The Chiefs' defense embarrassed themselves. I said it. I've been saying it. Good teams will beat John Gruden and the Raiders. The Chiefs that week were not a good team. We put up 25 yards in offense before garbage time. All right. Stop focusing on that. Uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders just piss me off. I hate the Raiders. The Bucks are going to antagonize Derek Carr on Sunday Night Football. Let's bring the Raiders back down to earth where they belong. Give me the Bucks. I love the Bucks in that matchup. Monday Night Football, the Chicago Bears are 5-1. and one. Who would have thunk? You could have you told me um, that the Bears would be 0-6, oh you know, 0-5, oh depending on bye weeks, 1-5, 2-4, whatever it is, but 5-1 would have never crossed my mind. I will credit the Bears for finding ways to continue to win, but this game looks pretty simple to me on paper. There is no way that the Bears can simply keep winning. They cannot. Their offense is bad. Nick Foles does not look good. In all of the offensive statistics, passing yards, rushing yards, total touchdowns, total yards... They're 28th or worse. Um, the Rams' defense, on the other hand, is top-notch. They rank around 4th and 5th in all those categories. Points allowed, rushing yards against, passing yards against, whatever it is. And the Rams' defense is also the best in the league in second half, uh, allowing the least amount of points in the second half, where Ch Chicago Bears have kind of thrived on just some random late-game comebacks. Uh, I truly imagine that Aaron Donald and the rest of that Rams defense are going to make Nick Foles look really bad. Nick Foles looks like he runs... If you were to clock Nick Foles when he is running, I would be surprised if he got over 7 miles per hour. He looks slow. He is missing throws. Yet, the Chicago Bears are just this random team... They rely on their defense. They've got good defensive playmakers. But it just can't It can't continue. Um, the Rams, on the other hand, they're coming off a loss against the 49ers. The 49ers team who looked pretty good last week. Last week uh, the Rams missed a handful of opportunities to get in the end zone. 
Matt Nagy versus Sean McVay. Give me Sean McVay. Give me the Rams on Monday Night Football. And I think we've got ourselves some winners this week. All right, let's run back through it. Remember to follow us on at the All Talk Pod on Twitter. If you are not on Twitter yet, download the app, get it. It is worth your time. It is my uh, on my report when I look at my phone. It is the app that I open up first whenever I unlock my phone. All right, we'll be tweeting out updates to all of my eight delicious picks for Week Seven of the NFL. But let's run through it one more time. Thursday night football, we like the. Philly Eagles over the New York Giants in Doodoo Bowl number one. For the noon games, we like the Packers bouncing back over the Texans. We like the Bengals taking the Browns in the Jeffrey Dahmer Bowl. We like the Steelers coming over the Titans in the game of the week, both 5-0 teams. In the late slots, we like the Scottsdale or Phoenix Redbirds beating the woke Seahawks. And then we like the Chargers and the Jags and the Doodoo Bowl number two. We like the Chargers there. Sunday night football, we like the Bucks killing the Raiders. And Monday night football, the Bears cannot keep winning. So we like the Rams. Alrighty, like I said, follow us on Twitter at the All Talk Pod. We'll be doing updates throughout the week. I am 0-2 on Thursday night football, so if you want to fade me, not a bad idea. We're gonna take a quick break. I need some water. I need to collect my thoughts because we have got The Bachelorette, Episode 2. Alrighty. Um, I hope you guys appreciate what I've been doing since the last couple of episodes. Putting timestamps in here. Uh, so, welcome. Bachelorette fans, if you guys want to skip the NFL stuff, this is basically an entire new podcast right now. Uh, Bachelorette episode two, it was, there were a lot of moments where I was struggling to watch because of the pain, of the awkwardness that I was suffering, and we'll get into all of it. We're going to recap the episode, so for people who... Maybe missed it or aren't tuning in yet, but still want to feel caught on the loop, fellas. If you are, if you haven't gotten over the hump and turned it on, um, it's a nice Tuesday night watch. It's very entertaining, and you know it. It helps you stay in tune with some of the ladies potentially in your life. So we will get into it, starting with just. I'm concerned. Um, I think. Next episode is the last episode that we have of Claire representing the Bachelorette this season. So we open up the episode, and literally the first thing that happens is Claire talking about her boy, Dale. Um, I don't think I know anyone named Dale. It's a bad name. I don't know anyone good named Dale. Maybe Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Dale Earnhardt. We've got, that was two NASCAR references this episode. Uh, This is the NASCAR episode for all you NASCAR fans out there. But Claire opens up. She's already talking about Dale. It's like, oh my good God. We get it, Claire. Uh, You know Dale. You love Dale. Dale's your husband. Give it a rest. This is our first group date episode. Um, So a little card comes in. All the dudes are brown out, hanging out. 
handful of guys get picked. And, of course, Dale is the last one to be selected to be a part of the first group date. Cut to Claire, and Claire's like, I intentionally select Dale to be on because I, I want him to come. And it's like, okay, again, we get it. Like, it's you and Dale. Let us just get over this first couple of episodes. I don't even know why we're watching these episodes. If it's just, we already know it's her and Dale living happily ever after. Um, first group date, we're taking a look at the five love languages. Fellas, I had to look these up just for a little refresher. Words of affirmation, gifts, physical touch, quality time, and acts of service. I believe love languages are how you show love to others, not how you like being shown love. Someone correct me on that uh, if need be. I may or may not have taken an online quiz for five love languages. Mine mine is acts of service. Um, So if I'm doing something for you guys, which I do this podcast every week, then that means I love you guys, um, which I truly do. But for Claire, words of affirmation were the first step for these guys. Very awkward. Uh, Everyone had to go up and like basically declare their love for her in front of everyone else. And that reminded me, that one scene reminded me of how awkward The Bachelor and The Bachelorette can be. I I cannot imagine going and saying some of the things that these guys were saying in front of eight to ten other males um, at just, you know, an arm's throw from me. Um, Words of affirmation, it was very Romeo and Juliet-esque. The second one that they did were gifts. This date, this group date was stupid. This was a bad group date. Um, I hated this group date. Gifts, we had a bunch of guys digging through their suitcases. Some guys brought her like a baseball. Uh, the last game I ever played, the last sporting event I ever played. Here's a baseball to show you how much I care about you. Lame, doo-doo, this, this date sucked. Physical touch, oh my god, this was awkward. All right, how they set this up was Claire... And one of the guys were both blindfolded. All of the other guys were in the room together. They, like, were in a single file line, and they just went one at a time and popped that blindfold on in front of everyone else. And then they go up and are, like, rubbing and touching Claire in front of everyone else. Like, there were some guys, like, tickling her hands and, like, tickling her arms, doing, like, the... There's an egg on your head, and the yolk is running down. That's what I would have done. That's how you stand out. Um, Very, very awkward. I was having a very hard time watching that part. Um, And all the guys, like, were cutaways in their one-on-one interviews, and were like, that was awkward. Um, They wrapped up with quality time. Awkward again. This was the worst group date, the most awkward group date that... I could have ever thought of, and we'll get into it, but we're going to start seeing a trend here with Claire. Claire, I think, has some mental problems. Uh, She kind of seems a little cray-cray. We'll we'll talk about that here in just a couple minutes, too. Uh, Quality time portion of the five love, love languages was incredibly awkward, too. All the guys were hanging out. It was later in the evening. 
Claire shows up and she plops herself down in middle in the middle of everyone. Very awkward period of silence uh, ensued to where no one really took the initiative and asked Claire to you know go hang out. Let me go steal you for a second, which is you know one of the most commonly coined terms uh, in the Bachelorette fan- franchise. No one really took the initiative until Bennett did. Bennett. Sneaky, Clark Kent, Superman-looking guy, the wealth management consultant, uh, the Rolls-Royce guy from episode one. I kind of like him. Uh, Bennett took the initiative, Claire cut him off, and then went out and basically just ripped everyone a new ace-hole for not seeming interested in her. Um, very strange. Dale, of course, grabs Claire. They get a little make-out session. Wonderful. Amazing. Claire ended up dishing out a rose from the first group date uh, for everyone. Let's remind everyone, the power of the rose. Once you get that rose, you are safe from that week's rose ceremony. So she gives out, I think she has the ability to give out three individual roses throughout the week prior to the actual rose ceremony where some people get sent home. So Riley... The attorney, um, he did a little slow dance, got a little make-out session, and apparently that was enough to win Claire's hearts. He ended up getting the rose from the first group dates. All right. Group date number one, very disappointing, very Pete the Dumbass-esque of The Bachelorette. We had our first one-on-one date this week as well um was almost positive it was going to be dale i think that would have been a little bit too forward for the rest of contestants if they did that so claire selected jason jason is a former o-lineman uh he spent some time on the indianapolis colts the raiders the bucks and then he gave up on his nfl career after in quotes one too many concussions. Yeah, I did a little research. <clears throat> that is a red flag. You never want to be in a one-on-one scenario with a guy who has had one too many concussions. Insert Luke Arbanus. Whoa, that was mean. All right, I'm sorry about that, Luke. Uh, Jason and Claire, very, very bad first date. Um, they had spoken maybe two words to each other. And tell this, and then Claire comes up with the idea that they're both going to be writing letters to their younger selves, sort of exposing all of their deepest and darkest secrets, talking very, very heavy things, just fireside, campfireside in the middle of the Californian desert. And honestly, it looked miserable. Um, no pizzazz, no razzle dazzle. Which is what you're expecting on these one-on-one dates. Like, I want to do a fun activity. I'm going to get the juices flowing. And I literally cannot think of a worse first date than sitting down by a campfire and talking about all of your insecurities and your weaknesses to a complete stranger. But again, you know, there were some borderline tears uh, coming from both of their sides. Jason got a little make-out session in. He also got the roads, so it was a happy ending. We had a group date number two in this episode. 
Claire selected a handful of gentlemen to participate in a little game of dodgeball, which I appreciate. Dodgeball was absolutely a top three, yeah, top three PE activity back in grade school, back in high school. Um, so dodgeball, you know what, I get that. That was a little bit fun. Uh, Claire, in her all of her strangeness and all of her mental unhinged unhingedness, that may or may not be a word. Uh, she wants to throw a little wrench, a little wrinkle in the dodgeball to where, hey yo, this is strip dodgeball now. Um, red team versus blue team. Red team low key. They had three guys. Uh, they had one guy out. The red team did, and the blue team had three guys in. The one guy in the red team ended up winning that game. Un- very surprisingly, that's tough to do. So credit to the red team there. After each loss, Claire was basically telling the losing team to remove an article of clothing. Um, At some point, we had some Ds out and about. Um, They were flying around. A lot of of really strong guys that just look super unathletic on the dodgeball court. Um, Bad performances on the dodgeball court combined with some male Ds hanging out. Claire was giving hugs to fully nude men. Um, it was a weird group date. These dates are very strange. Claire, writing it right now, she's weird. She's a straight-up weirdo. The losing team got sent home. They had to do a naked ma- march all the way back home. And then the winning team, you know, they cut the group in half, so the winning team, each of those guys, got uh, a better chance at spending some more one-on-one time with Claire until, woo, this guy. Remember Blake? The horn dog. Uh, the horn dog was part of the losing team who got sent home on the naked march. He thought it was going to be a good idea to show his um, outgoingness and his audacity to show up unannounced against the rules. Even though he was on the losing team, he shows up and... Steals Claire from the guys who had won the game, and it was an ugly scene from there. Blake the Horn Dog, he's trying to show and prove to Claire how much he is going to be chasing her. Claire's like, "Hey, man, sorry, but you shouldn't be here. You got to go." Horn Dog leans in for a kiss, and it was a textbook rejection on Claire's part. She put the hand on the chest. She leaned back about 80 degrees and essentially acted like she was going on a limbo. Major rejection for Blake the Horn Dog. After that, her blood is flowing. She grabs just an innocent bystander from the winning team. Brandon, poor guy, seems nice. And she sends his ass home. She acts as a dude already because she was grilling this poor guy. Um... I was struggling to watch it. Claire, in all of her mental instability, uh, she was all fired up from the horn dog rejection, and then she just needed to claim another victim in her path to destruction. And, like, just wait. Wait one more day to send him home. Give him a little bit of respect. Just don't give him a rose. Like, she had a two-minute conversation with this dude and sent his ass home. Uh, holy moly. Poor guy. Poor Brandon. Feel Brandon the real estate agent. Feel bad 
bad for him. Group date number two, Chasen, I think is this guy's name. C-H-A-S-E-N. I think that's how you spell it. Uh, this dude gets the rose. He looks exactly like the guy from Outer Banks, John B. Um, he looks exactly like John B. from Outer Banks. Loki excited for season two of that show to come out. That's a good watch. Um, so Outer Banks guy gets the rose from group date number two. And then we move on to the cocktail party of the evening. Everyone hears about Claire just axing this Brandon guy. Everyone hears about her rejecting the horn dog with the kiss. And they are all on edge. Um, Claire is intimidating. She is obviously sort of off her rocker. And she's like pulling people. She pulls horn dog out at the start of the cocktail party, one-on-one, and everyone's like, oh my god, that is probably the last time we are going to see the horn dog." It's like the guys are walking to their death. They're going to the executioner, Claire the executioner, when they have to speak with her one-on-one. Ends up, Horndog gets a rose because Claire just loves the guys who chase after her, blah, 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 blah. Horndog gets the rose from the cocktail party. Really, the only storyline coming out of that one is Dale, yet again, steals the show. Uh, Claire pops the blindfold back on that poor man, sucks his face, gets another little makeout session in. And then we look forward to next episode. Um, episode 2 of The Bachelorette, I think, gave us a really good picture that Claire, kind of a, kind of a psycho. Uh, very bland and uneventful dates. Um, I don't think she has a lot of creativity. I think she is very volatile in her decision-making, and I think everything that we've seen and come to expect sort of comes to fruition in next week's episode. I think her and Dale just get straight-up exposed. I hope episode three is, is the last time that we see of Claire. Next episode should be good. We'll get into it. We will get into NFL as well. Wow. We're an NFL and Bachelorette podcast. Um, if you would have asked me before I started this, if that was our two sort of anchors that we relied on, probably would have said, I've never seen a season of The Bachelorette, so I highly doubt it. But, like I said, guys, pretty entertaining. Let's get into a couple headlines. Um, let's get into some weather, and then let's get you guys on out of here. I actually only have one headline this week, and it's very near and dear to my heart. Patrick Mahomes is going to be a girl dad, announced today on Instagram. I was I was rooting for a girl. I'll, I'll be honest, I was. Um, I'm happy that it's going to be a girl. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that she's going to look kind of weird, though. Patrick and Brittany Lynn, they're both, I mean, good-looking individuals, but I'm concerned with what their offspring is going to look like, especially if it's a girl, or since it's a girl. Um, they announced today they had a nice little gender reveal. They had their dogs involved. They were doing some confetti. Um, it looked very, looked very beautiful. I wish I was a part of it. Maybe... Maybe next gender reveal, we'll get an invite out to it. Um, 
Patrick Mahomes is going to be a girl dad. He's done a lot in his 25th year. Signed a you know half a billion dollar contract. Got engaged. He's having a child. Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl MVP. All at 25 years old. Thank God. I am only 24. So I have a full year to get up on Patrick's level. But everyone... Congratulate Patrick. Let's let's start thinking about some girl names. I I hope it's something really cool. Maybe like Patricia. No. Um that would be great though. Uh Patrick Mahomes having a girl. Let's talk about some weather. Let's get you guys out of here. Like I said, this is this was the week where I was like, uh oh, summer is over. Um Kansas City, I know my Kansas City listeners are breaking out the fall and winter gear. This is a good time to maybe check out uh, a couple of websites if you're needing some new fall attire. I personally um, will likely be doing some online shopping over at H&M. Uh, they, they've got a good selection of clothes. Some, you know, Sometimes they can be a little trendy, but uh, either way, you can find some good stuff at H&M. Dallas, Texas, we're still hanging out in the 80s right now. Uh, we do have a cold front coming in. Wait. Early or early next week, wait this weekend. We'll be in the 80s, looking at 87 on Thursday. That's gonna be a nice day. Friday and Saturday, though, they drop off for us. 73 is the high on Friday, 65 is the high on Saturday. We get back up to the 80s on Sunday. Kansas City, on the other hand, you guys are teetering on the edge of 30 degree weather. Oh man, I do not miss that. Um, Kansas City. Shop at H&M, get your fall gear rolling. Maybe time to break out the boots, time to break out the hoodies. Uh, I'm excited. I definitely have the most fall clothes in my wardrobe, so I'm going to be getting some fits off moving forward. But that about does it for episode 41 of the All Talk Pod. It was a good one. It was a great one, as always. Next week, we'll talk a little Halloween. Talk Bachelor, talk NFL, and then we're going to have the Mandalorian. This is a Mandalorian podcast, too. So I highly encourage everyone to start watching the Mandalorian because we're going to do a little segment on that each week moving forward. I love that show so much. Um, Stay safe. Stay healthy. Thanks for listening. Who knows if we have more than 50 episodes left. I don't know at this point. So take advantage of it. If you've enjoyed it, tell a friend to jump in and listen. Remember to follow us on socials at the All Talk Pod on Instagram, at the All Talk Pod on Twitter. Don't die out there. Stay warm, and we will see you all next week. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.